And we're live. And we're live. We're back, baby. We're back. Uh, welcome back, everybody. Um, you know, I'd like to start today's episode on nope, a somber note. we got to stop. We'd like to start today's episode with, uh, it's brought to you by Sesame Crisps. As well as Whiskers. So we actually, uh, here's something crazy for you. We got a guest today. We got a guest today. His name is Bobby. None other than Bobby. Yeah, Bay Street Bobby. He uh, resides on Bay Street, so hence, henceforth, yes. Bay Street Bobby. Thank you, gentlemen. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be uh, the first guest on the show. First I'm, uh, I'm honored to be here. Yeah, um, thanks for having us over. We uh, got a beautiful afternoon here in Toronto. Sitting in, uh, in Bobby's new place. You want to Absolutely. Uh, tell us about your new place here. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, like I said, uh, moved here recently, and um, honestly, it's it's a pretty nice place overall. Um, was a little unsure if I wanted to move it at first, mm-hmm. um, just because I was doing my diligence and uh, people had you know mostly good things to say. However, uh, did come across uh, one of my buddies, you know, doing my diligence like a like a real gent and. Uh, he says, you know, you just got to be careful of the homeless problem here. Hmm. And I said, go on. Uh, apparently, you know, there's there's a few homeless shelters around here, and things yeah. can get a little little crazy at night. Um, so Take a trip on the uh, wild side. Mm-hmm. The wild side, that's right. And so I asked him, I said, well, you know, how bad does it get? Are they aggressive? Um, you know, what are we talking here? Danger levels. Talk to me. And he said, no, 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 you'll, you'll be fine. Uh, the only danger we ever really ran into was, uh, you know, one night he was coming home from King Street, hit the bars, and he was a little intoxicated, as one is. And he's walking home, and he's stumbling home, and all of a sudden across the street he hears, I'm gonna fuck you. <laughs> what? And that's exactly, I swear to God, and that's exactly his reaction. He looks across the street, I shit you not, he says, there was a homeless man and all he was wearing was diapers, and he had a rattle in his hand. No, no, no. He was dressed as a baby, no, no, no. and he no, was. And no, no, he no, no, looked no. at him oh, in the eyes, and he said, "I'm gonna fuck you." Okay, pause, pause. Just okay. Diapers. He was wearing more than one diaper. No, okay. Okay. A, a single diaper. Yeah, a single diaper. Yeah. A male. Okay. An adult uh, diaper. An adult yeah, an diaper. Adult yeah. diaper. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and a rattle. What a stupid question. Man, I need to clarify. Because yeah, yeah. Many small. So, so can I diapers. ask you this? If he was wearing multiple diapers, would that make the situation any better yes because it's more of a costume rather than a, I just pick this pampers up from shoppers and strapping it over my junk and I'm gonna come try so anyhow so, so I, I sorry to ruin the story but odds are there's an up and coming YouTuber that was wearing diapers that night in Toronto <laughs> scaring your buddy because who the fuck is running around Toronto like even, well, even like it's, it's like that clown prank well, that? Even like thing. even like junkies are, are probably not chasing around guys with a ra- chasing around guys with a rattle in their hands yeah. Well, I mean, here's the thing, like a homeless man, baby, you know, that's, that's not necessarily a threat. However, where the threat comes into play is he said, this man, baby, then begins trying to cross the street, oh. uh, right on Strawn here, which is, if anyone doesn't know, especially for that listener in Russia, it's, it's a very busy, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, a, yeah. <laughs> it's a very busy street. And so, uh, the man, baby was, was crossing the street repeatedly saying, I'm going to fuck you. And he said he starts trying to run, oh. but because he's so intoxicated, he's hardly running. It's kind of like in your nightmares when you're having a really difficult yeah, time. Like you're trying to run away. Yeah. Exactly. And it, exactly. A bit of paralysis. And yeah. Exactly. And well, so he said he's going so slow. He said, luckily, because he was so busy, you know, he was the man baby was trying to dodge through cars, he's buying him a bit of time. And so he's trying to, you know, unlock his door uh, at one of the townhouses here. And he's fumbling with his keys. He's trying to get in. 
man baby crossed the street I'm gonna fuck ya and he said he was literally about three or four feet away from him by the time he got in luckily he got into his house his asshole was safe Uh, however for the next 20 minutes scratching scratching at the door see that puts you in a very obviously difficult predicament but it's a real flight or fight situation right absolutely and I've I've seen this and I've, I've talked to you about this where one of the the best scenarios you can do there is just match that level of crazy and out crazy the crazy right so yeah if, if you yeah. ever I've been told this as advice if you're ever in a situation where you know you're about to get your ass kicked mm-hmm. and you really would prefer not get your ass whooped yeah strip naked and start screaming at the top of your lungs because if you match that level of crazy people are gonna look at you and be like I don't want to fight this guy and if a guy tries to fight you when you're naked it goes to yeah that, I, know what no that, that is, guy's a little weird that is so funny because we've never talked about this. But in my own life, I have come to a very similar conclusion where, <laughs> where if, I, if I see a friend about to get into a fight and I don't want them to get into that fight, when they're like sizing each other up and they're about to go at it, I, I'm there yelling like, yeah, take his shirt off. Jerk him <laughs> off. Yeah, take his shirt off, bro. Yeah, rub his back. And, <laughs> and it immediately disarms the situation so well because just just the, just the I, I guess the absurdity of it just throws people off oh, and they, sure. they don't want to proceed because yeah. they certainly don't want to be rubbing each other's backs. <laughs> Suddenly touching each other becomes, uh, you know, not like, uh, have, not the objective. Have you guys ever seen uh, Blue Mountain State? When uh, Sammy, he, he screams uh, a really big dude at a bar that he threw a drink at. He walks over to him real angry and he goes, I'm going to jerk you off. And he's like, what? He says, I'm going to jerk you off. And he goes, nine times out of ten, it works, you know, that the guy will, will back off and it will defuse the situation. He goes, well, what do you do if that one out exactly. of ten times happened? Exactly. He goes, to be honest, you had probably just jerk him off. Like I should, <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't know what to do. Okay, you got to be a man well, of your word. You know, there was actually, uh, so recently, I uh, I did not discover this myself, I assure you, but uh, there's this thing apparently called Hole Hunter. Have you guys heard of this? No. Enlighten so, me. So Hole Hunter uh, apparently um, is this, you know, website, uh, perhaps they have an app as well, and it's essentially for... Users of Hole Hunter <laughs> right now that are listening are like, let's fucking like, go. My God, our <laughs> secret. So it's, um, I mean, it's it's essentially in the name. It's um, if you're looking for, say, a glory hole or for a place to have, um, you know, same sex sex. Oh. Uh, you use this website and it'll essentially give you the instructions kind of like x marks the spot for like a a treasure chest okay it'll give you the instructions exactly a scavenger hunt of dick exactly and so it could range from glory holes hence hole hunter i always thought geotagging was kind of sus that makes that makes sense exactly i mean anytime i saw anyone who said you know i I know a few people do the whole geo hunter thing and you look at him and you think this is exactly the kind of guy who goes to parks and he sniffs the bike seats (laughs) <laughs> you can't tell me I'm wrong. So anyway, th- these are also users of Hole Hunter, and uh, you know they have everything from you know these uh, these geo dick uh, plans that you can you can go to. So for example, ones like YMCA is quite popular apparently, and it'll be like, nice. hey, go into uh, you know the change room at seven o'clock, and go into like the third uh, shower stall, and I will be there with the curtain wide open, wow. and enter. Okay. How, how did you stumble upon this? Yeah, I was going to say, uh, you, 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 you didn't learn this from personal experience? So it was actually the man baby. Uh, <laughs> no, he, no he, he learned about it from uh, a shower stall in the YMCA <laughs> when he opened the curtain. <laughs> it was a busy day and I thought maybe we could share. And, you know, next yeah. thing, you know. um, but anyway, I mean, it's, it's, it 
can be quite intricate as well. There's there's even you know bandanas you can wear in your back pocket. So for example, and there's mm. there's very strict rules. So if you wear a, a yellow bandana in your left pocket, that means that you pee on. Come but on. if you wear it in your right pocket, it means you get you peed get, on. You, you, okay. Yeah. You, you know, so your recipient. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, anyway, there's a pun in there somewhere. Recipient. Recipient. Sure. You know, I guess I guess to bring it all back though. So you know, once I heard about the man baby and you yeah, old hunter and all these things, uh, it was a no brainer for me to, to move here. To move here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you you definitely got to be careful. And I mean, I feel like there's no way to avoid homeless people. Toronto has one of the you know biggest population of homeless people, and I lived at uh, at Young and Dundas area for about four years, and I actually lived right next door to the Covenant House, uh, which was you know at risk youth shelters and. There were many a sketchy nights and seen some many sketchy individuals that uh, would definitely steer away and also drive rent prices down. So I was able to get some pretty, yeah. some pretty cheap rent for yeah. uh, those areas. But actually, uh, there was a, a spot in the, the stairwell uh, of my building that at the top floor was, I had you know a little bit of roof access. So that's a whole separate story. But there was this fire hatch that you know, was locked and there was the top of the staircase. There was no cameras anywhere the amount of condoms or syringes or actual living homeless people that I would see just taking a nap there. And, you know, I remember once they, they saw me coming down from the roof and I looked at him and he looked at me and I was like, are, are you a narc? Is he a narc? We just had this kind of yeah. general accepted. I was like, I'm not going to tell anyone that you're here. You never saw me. I never saw you kind of thing. And, uh, you know, I actually remember this one time uh, I saw an individual and he was reading a book. Um, I think it was like a Nietzsche book. And I, w- I was just you know, baffled and, and he was sitting there because there was light um, so he was sitting underneath the light at the top of the stairwell reading a book and so I gave him like I think I gave him like 20 bucks I was like here you know you, you, you need this yeah. why? I don't know I just I, I've seen and been asked by a lot of people and a lot of homeless people and um, my sister actually took a course on homelessness um, and they actually went out did experiments they panhandled which was super cool um, but yeah a couple of the main, main most important things they talk about is like a co-op yeah, <laughs> a little little work experience, but so yeah, they talk about the number one thing that they want from people and that they really need is attention, right? Could you imagine being sense, yeah. rejected by thousands of people every hour as they walk by you and you sit on the street and you're asking for their attention and they literally pretend you're a ghost and you you know aren't there? Like that's I mean, got to feel. It's called being in sales. It's yeah, exactly. Yeah. So me and Mateo know this. You know, we we did door to door sales for. Uh, you know, a couple summers Quite some time. Yeah. and man, was it incredibly humbling to try to go and strike up a conversation with people that do not want you to be there and don't want to be talking to you, but just how incredibly okay that makes you learn to deal with rejection. Right. Yeah. And, uh, they also push you out of your comfort zone to be able to strike up a conversation with anyone in any other social setting. Right. And I can definitely, uh, I'm grateful though. But yeah, so bringing it back to this homeless guy was, uh, I know a lot of situations that you shouldn't be giving homeless people money if you try to offer them food instead and they you know decline it because they're gonna be using it uh, for you know drugs or, or alcohol or things like that also don't buy them gift cards because the drug dealers are accepting gift cards now like, there was a, there's a whole interesting aspect that cool. I learned about that yeah um, but yeah there was just something about this guy <laughs> that he really looked down on his luck that uh, I just wanted to be able to you know get him uh, get him dinner that night oh, and yeah he, we, we had a good like, about 10 minute chat ladies there. and gentlemen. I'm in the presence of a hero. Yeah. Apparently. Damn. So, uh, you know, myself and Bobby here, uh, Bay Street Bobby, have a, have a funny story about a homeless guy, actually. So about a year and a half ago, we were going out. This was uh, right pre-COVID. 
think we were at uh, Regulars. That's right. Regulars yeah. is that King of Bathurst? I believe. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're at Regulars, and uh, we had a great time. Made a mess of the place, and we left, and we went to McDonald's. <laughs> I walk into that McDonald's, and uh, I walk does. I yeah. walk into that McDonald's, and I'm ordering my my usual go to order what late at night, right? <laughs> and this homeless guy walks up to me. He goes, "Hey man, can you spare some change?" Yeah, man, absolutely, no problem. Here, toss him like two bucks. Yeah. Looks at me, he goes, "Really, man, two bucks?" <laughs> that's that's a yeah. decent amount of change. I was like, that was such yeah. a moral gray area. Where I was, <laughs> but, I was just like, like, but, I was, <laughs> but then in addition to that, so I mean, to be fair, like he was genuinely looking for food. It wasn't necessarily for anything. Like, did any, he ask to buy sort of like food sin then? spend he, or he, anything I mean, of the sort? Right, well, uh, I'm not one to judge, but look. Well, you, you know what? He went up to the counter and he was trying to bargain for something. Okay. Okay. I do recall this. And it was hilarious, the reaction. It was, it was sad. It was sad, the reaction, because people said, Ew! What does he do? Get the fuck out of uh, here! It's like, he, he yeah. wants a sandwich. Yeah, you hate, you hate <laughs> to see that. But they were like, Ew, disgusting! Yeah. There's, and there was that, there's that I mean, one you're, dude you're a there. drunk slob anyway. You're probably not much better. You fucking... There's that one dude, the white knight, who steps in. He's like, hey, man. Get out of here. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> no. Oh, so, man. man, it actually, it goes to, the other day I was at a Tim Hortons drive-thru, and it's a really smart spot because your window's open, right? So they wait for you to open your window to go order, and then they poke their head and they ask for change. Uh, and so she didn't ask for change. She asked me for $20. And I was like, oh, my God. Firstly, like, fuck you. Like, $20. Like, I, and there was a part of me that was like, I don't have, tw- I have like five. But I was like, no, I'm not, like, that is a smart marketing strategy for you to try and ask me for 20 to maybe I'll settle at five, right? Like a real, a real bargain. It's a smart strategy. Yeah. She's got to learn about upsell. Um, <laughs> she's got to start small and then, and then work her way up. See that, that homeless no, guy, so who, it, asked me, guy who asked me for the two bucks initially is way smarter because then he could potentially work his up, uh, work his way up more, a lot easier because foot's already in the door. I've already given him two bucks. The likelihood that I give him more is higher than this lady just walking in and asking for the Hail Mary, the 20 bucks, right? You know what homeless people need these days? They An need, education. They need tap. No, they need they need Squarespace. They, they need something, oh, the, the something square, to The square reader? Yeah. Because how many times do people not... People are generation, right? That would like, actually... don't have cash. Okay, okay, so stay with me here for a second, okay? That would actually be an incredible initiative. Like that square would actually be yeah, yeah. like a, like yeah. a social initiative. Yeah. Give homeless people square readers. I, 100%. And I mean, do homeless I, people have smartphones? It, it, uh, actually, some actually do, I do some see do. a good amount of them. Some do, yeah. yeah. yeah so, to be honest with you, there's been times where I actually just didn't have cash. And if someone, a homeless oh, guy, if a homeless guy yeah. pulled out, I, don't worry, I accept this, I'd be like, out of respect, I'd be like, yeah, no, I'll, I'll pay, I'll tap, put, put, okay. put me down yeah. for five bucks. Yeah, right? like, hustling, yeah. It's a good hustle. Yeah. I, I respect it. Yeah. And I've never seen it. So. Well, well, you need a, you need a, it needs to be a homeless person with a smartphone. Otherwise, then you're just discriminating, right? That's not, uh, <laughs> No, like you have to work your way up to a smartphone first. Yeah, and then from there, square reader. Maybe Apple will start giving out loans to homeless guys and just like give them like cheap little iPhones to use. Well, they need to move that. Millions of dollars. There's something here. Yeah, (laughs) there's uh, there's something here. Uh, I was I was having this conversation with uh, my friend Katie the other day about um, the homelessness issue in Toronto and you know what to do and you know as someone who studied architecture and and she's currently doing her master's in architecture, we were discussing about you know different modular. Uh, homes that could be used to to help uh, crisis homeless shelters, right? But you ask yourself, it, it's such a complex issue, and people try and sum it down so simply. And okay, no, just give housing to everyone. And you're like, okay, but that doesn't work, and that is basically socialism, right? Like that's 
let's just give, give, give. And how do you incentivize people to work and be valued members to contribute to society whilst also trying to save them from, you know, the, what was it, five years ago we had a really bad winter and we had like, you know, six times as many deaths as normal of, of homeless people freezing to death, right? I think it was like 45 people. And it was, you know, how do you, obviously we want to stop that, but at the same time, like, what, what do we do to incentivize? How do we, how do we fix this problem? Yeah, no, seriously. And I mean, like, the, the city's under a lot of flack right now because of that whole, that whole pushback um, from the police. Or no, pushback from the citizens on the police yeah. uh, who, when they tried to get rid of those, like, little, like, tent Encampments. cities. Encampments. Encampments, is that yeah. the word for it? Encampments? Yeah. 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 In Trinity Bellwoods, yeah. It, it was literally right here. They right had right Liberty, Liberty Bellwoods. Well. Yeah. yeah. That's right. That's uh, that is a that is a. It's one of those problems that if you try to answer it, just creates like more problems. You get more questions. Yeah, and you create more holes in every solution, right? Like, yeah. like this will create other problems. It's like the tax code, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You like quash one little thing, and then five things appear. Five loopholes just, come just, up. Just jump right up, right ways that people yeah. take advantage of this of this situation, yeah. right? And you know, we saw we witnessed a lot of it with Serb this year, right? Like in people taking advantage of situations and, and people that were minimum wage workers that would make more money sitting yeah. on their ass not working than if seriously the full time minimum wage serve was more than that, right? Yeah, you know, I'm really I'm really happy we're we're talking about the homeless right now because it acts as the perfect segue into uh, Bay Street Bobby over here talking about the complete opposite side of life. <laughs> <laughs> just the just the 180 degrees. Um, the investment banking world. Yeah. So, Toronto. as a preface, um, when we put out the first episode, Bobby's a Bobby's a good buddy. He he reached out and was very adamantly saying, "When am I coming on? When am I coming on?" <laughs> and to be quite frank with you guys, there is there are few people that I that I uh, would rather have on. Yeah, this is this is truly an honor, and I, I'm really happy that this is happening. So um, oh, I appreciate that. Thank yeah, you. thank you. Definitely, uh, good energy in this room right yeah. now. Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I I feel like I have, uh, you know, always wanted to be a part of a podcast, and uh, I feel like I have an interesting perspective and stories to tell. Um, you know, have have years of experience in, in investment banking, which I had done straight out of school, which. Uh, um, and so did that for for some years, um, and really saw quite a bit. I mean, it, it's interesting because the cultures differ so much from group to group and bank to bank across the street. Um, and I had a really unique experience, and I was probably in one of the frattiest, most like it's a good term, like know, aggressive, just like boys club, yeah, pure boys club, yeah. uh, which which is actually quite unique nowadays. Um, it was sort of like old school, like '80s banking style experience, like yeah, things that you see on on TV. And so it was interesting. Like even you know when I was going through the rounds of, of interviews for these positions, um, a great you know precursor into the culture that I would then be exposed to was so my final round interview, and I'm interviewing with a literal rocket scientist gone investment banker, wow. right? And he's from the UK, and so he already sounds very intelligent, right? He's a little bit intimidating, and he gives me a calculus question. Can't recall what the calculus question was. Truthfully, I probably wouldn't even be able to answer it today. But gave me the calculus question and said, you know, figure it out. Um, so walk him through my thoughts as a good uh, interviewee does, and provide him with the answer. And I say, you know, the answer is you know X, whatever it was. And he looks at my paper. He looks at me, and no word of lie, he says to me, "Are you fucking retarded?" 
swear to God. And so my reaction is like your reaction. I start laughing. I start laughing, and, and he's dead serious. He's, like verbatim, he, he says, are I, those, those verbatim, are you fucking retarded? <laughs> and word. I just start laughing, and I realize he's not laughing. He, he hasn't even cracked a smirk. And so I was like, Jeez. Uh, so, so I said, no, I, I don't think I'm uh, and I can I can walk through my answer. I was quite confident with my answer, and so I walk him through it, give him some support as to why I, you know believe it's the case, and then he smiles and he goes, "Okay, good," <laughs> and he and he moves on that to the next question. Right? Like... It was a, it was a pure stress test. Wow. Um, and so that was like a great precursor again into like the culture I would then be exposed to. Did you shit your pants a little bit? Though? It, it was it was a bit intimidating. Okay. Um, Did you? Okay, so like I know with IB like people grind. In general, but specifically for their interviews, they go in like knowing, trying to know every single question that will be asked yes. to a T, right? Yes. What in your research did you see anything along those lines where they're just going to throw like a like a curveball at you like that? That's like meant to no, I, I, I not never even heard. like to challenge you, but no. like in a just traditional your, sense, yeah, your, will of, your emotional like will. Let's yeah. say. you know, I, I had heard of stress tests, but like only in like books. Like you almost would think it was fiction, like. Uh, you know, back in the 80s, apparently, they would, like, glue uh, windows shut. And then before you would sit down, they would say, hey, can, do you mind opening the window? It's a little bit hot in here. And they would see how you would, you know, react in, in a stressful environment. <laughs> and so you'd read about these things, and it's like, you know, I'm not sure if, like, you know, this is this is actually a practice used today. But sure enough, this was the situation I was put into. And, you know, when I started working, I was exposed to, honestly wild individuals and and experiences we had in, in bars two three times a week uh people when they'd be angry and aggressive they'd be smashing keyboards when they'd lose a deal and punching holes in the wall and you know the culture these these people were just so extreme it's even to the point where you know when you're when you're with the boys you know you're gonna crack a few jokes right you're you know it was it was a it was such a fascinating culture. There's nothing like you could find like that anymore. Uh, this this group since has completely changed. You will never find anything like this. But uh, I'm grateful in a way that I was able to experience this. It was it was honestly life changing. I mean, there's so many there's so many experiences in life that you walk into, and are kind of they kind of take you for a ride in the moment, but you step away from them after, and you're like, that is the best thing I would never want to do again. Right. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Even yeah. so, you know, we, we know each other, um, the, just the way we met that, that whole experience. Um, even like if I think of my friends that I met in first year university in my residence, right. All the people that were on my floor, um, I would never go back and live in res again, but would I want to sacrifice those memories? Would I have, would I, would I prefer to have lived not in res that year? Absolutely not. I'm so happy I did it. Well, I think also if you look back to some of the places that you lived at in Western, uh, just <laughs> generally speaking, yeah. When when you look at now and you're like, I could never go back and live in this dirt infested. Oh yeah, pigsty. But yeah, at the time it was you know it was great. It was memory inducing and you know, it was it was good times. It's nothing like it. I mean, like uh, there are just stories that are just priceless to me that I that I couldn't put a price tag on, and I'm sure you feel the same way. Where it's like. Those are those are so valuable to you. Like you just you can't let go of those things. Like they they almost they're they're well, a part of your identity. Like there's just they I put a, they put a smile on your face whenever you think about them. It doesn't matter how bad you're feeling that day. 
I think also you're you know you're focusing on on the good and the and the good memories, but there's also a lot of bad memories, right? There's a lot of things that happen in those situations that you know you wish you had didn't. Obviously, there's a lesson to be learned in all of them. And whilst you know we're talking about the corporate world, I'll, I'll share a story. I had a I had a boss once tell me uh, on my first day on the job, he told me uh, he grabbed me over this boys' club, you know, uh, old white dude. He said to me, "Do you know what the hardest part about my job is?" And I said, what? He said, working with women. My dick. No, he said, working with women. And I was like, um, what? I was like, no, we're not, we're not cool like that, man. Like, uh, do I, like, what do I do here? Do I go to HR? Like, is this, you know, is this what the corporate world is like? Right? I, I had no idea. So I feel like there's a lot of uh, uncomfortability with that and, and dealing with how to tread those waters when you're a fresh grad right out of school, right? And, you know, you hear, especially with investment banking, the type of culture. And if, you know, you saw it firsthand at a fratty type firm, right? Like you have no idea what the the kind of regulars are. You obviously don't want to lose your job, but at the same time, you don't want to be a part of a sexist, misogynistic, you know, company, right? I mean, to be fair with the amounts that they're paying new grads, when they tell you that you don't speak until you're spoken to, (laughs) that's exactly what you're going to do. (laughs) Um, But at the same time, you don't necessarily mind. And you go through the ropes, but you know the most interesting thing that I took away from it, probably positively, is you know I think I think culture is really important, um, and I find just people so fascinating, yeah. right? And eventually, I had gone to you know enough of a senior position where I was then conducting interviews, and to me, I would much rather the person who's a lot more personable, and then I could see myself working to working with rather with uh, you know until two or three in the morning. I can get along with that person than to find someone who's like ultra technical. And so I would even ask this very simple question when I was in the interviews and I'd say, look, you know, Mateo, for example, uh, let's say you get a Saturday or Sunday off. Don't even think about coming to work. Don't even think about opening your laptop. What do you do? What do you do? The worst answers I could ever fucking hear were, well, you know, the Asian markets might still be open. I might, uh, you know, check out the Asian markets or maybe I'll check out my uh, my FX portfolio. And it's like, dude, I no, gave no, no. you pretend, a softball. Pretend my ass isn't in your face and you don't have no, to kick exactly. for five I minutes. Exactly. You, I logged you a question and I told you the way that I wanted to hear it. And exactly. you tried to answer it a way yeah. that, you know, would make, exactly. make you seem yeah. smart. Because all I really wanted to hear was tell me about you, honestly. Yeah. What, are, what are your hobbies? What are you interested in? Do you have friends? You uh, have out? you heard of Hole Hunter? <laughs> do, you, do you go on Hole Hunter? Give me something, baby. Give me something. Do you like homeless baby men chasing you at night? Exactly. Right? Like this is exactly uh, one of my one of my first interviews uh, breaking into the architecture field. I talked about the Blue Jays for about ten minutes, right? Like we chatted about uh, my grandfather has season seats, and you know, like we sit on top of the dugout, and you know, we talked about which players, and like it was it was such a nice way, and also a realization that people are hiring people right like you could have the best resume in the world and specifically like you know with my field is we have portfolios right we send in portfolios ahead of time to show our work of you know i've designed this building designed that but at the end of the day if the person is not good and doesn't fit the office culture and the atmosphere that you're trying to create it's not someone you want to hire right and even on top of the the whole um i was gonna say yeah okay so on top of like being genuine in the interview if you just can't manage to get along with people, like even if you're someone who's looking for the job, if you get the job and then if you just don't vibe or like vibe's a stupid word, if you don't get along with anybody in the office, <laughs> you're gonna have a miserable time. You don't vibe with them, you know? Like uh, there's and, like you worked in investment banking, so you, you know this more than anybody else. 
you'd be anybody would be surprised at their ability to do things that they dislike with people that they like. Yeah, you are you are yeah. yeah right. Like your yeah. your your team is so important. I you know I I worked in corporate accounting right. Like if I if I was on, yeah if, if I was on a team where the people that I didn't enjoy like if I was on a team and I didn't enjoy the people I was surrounded by, it's not like the work was making up for it, right? No, the the people is what mattered most. So I'll tell you, and this is you know my first big job in the architecture industry when I was working it we had very very important studio culture right so we have one big open office open floor plan everyone is talking bouncing ideas off each other that collaborative studio is the most important thing for an architecture office and it was what I loved and I'm you know you know me I'm good with people right so I had friends all over the office I was able to you know work away this way and it was really I something I thoroughly enjoyed but that's when I realized when you took that away and you took that element away and that's what COVID did, right? And everyone was working from home. That's when I realized I just didn't like the work as much as I thought I did, right? And I think that everyone can be blinded by the realization that they don't actually like their job if they're surrounded by the right people, right? And are the other areas of, you know, I enjoy, I love my lunchtime or I love my breaks and I, you know, I do this and I'll go for smokes and, you know, that makes the day more enjoyable. But when you really were to strip it down into bare bones, you ask yourself what percentage of the world is actually doing jobs that they like or just doing things that they tolerate uh, for a paycheck, right? Absolutely. I, I think it's I think it's like a systematic issue that really happened during COVID, to be honest, where you saw a lot of churn with employees yeah, uh, in various industries. Yeah. And it's because I think they not only sort of actually prioritized um, what matters to them, uh, I think there was a lot of self-reflection involved. Yeah. Um, I think people just began to live a bit more thoughtfully, which which I think is positive overall. But it was so interesting just seeing, you know, it, it really was every single industry impacted by this. Well, I can, I can speak um, on that quite a, a little bit because I had joined the workforce shortly before COVID. Like, I mean, I, I had been working here and there like during university, um, but I didn't really start pulling like serious hours until I had finished. And going into that environment and making that transition right before COVID hit, it was like, it was just such a, it's just, it's a shift in anybody's life, but it's like, wow, okay, I'm spending basically the majority of my life when you add in commuting, like doing this specific job. And like, this is what's going to define the majority of my waking hours. And your happiness, right? Yeah, and it's, it's, it's your identity. So it was, it was a kind of a, kind of a wake up call to be like, you got to at least tolerate what you do. Right, um, you, you got to at least tolerate, and and yeah. COVID was a was a reset in that in that sense because suddenly people were at home, and I think a lot of people just got to spend more time with their family than they have in such a long time. Yeah, like just I don't know in in the in the area that I grew up in and uh, my commute to work, it was just mm. just gridlock traffic at all times, and to think that everybody that I'm on the road with would spend like an hour and a half to two hours, maybe more a day, With just sitting family. just sitting alone in their car on top of a full-time job. I think, uh, you know, COVID, COVID, COVID was obviously very tough on a lot of people. But um, I think if we look at it holistically, it added a bit of a perspective that I think a lot of people yeah. were missing. Oh, eye-opening. Eye-opening for sure. Eye-opening. And, and that goes directly to that churn, right? I mean, there wouldn't be that churn otherwise. Yeah. It, it kind of made people realize what maybe what they want out of life and it, and it isn't exactly what they what they had in mind up to that point i'm so curious like was that exactly what sort of was that the catalyst for you going more for entrepreneurial me? uh and committing to that 
that lifestyle. Yeah, walk, walking away from accounting, right? Uh, for me personally, it was a couple different things. Um, this is this is the way I tell people very honestly. I said there's there's kind of three factors, um, may, maybe two, but I'll walk you through it. If the money was great, I would have just shut up and did it. If I was intuitively good at it and it just came natural to me, came naturally to me, I would have just done it. Going back to what I said earlier, if the people I was working with Work made great. it worthwhile, yeah. I would just shut up and do it. But when I and I, I almost don't like talking about it, but uh, the, like I just had to really seriously ask myself, can I see myself doing this for much longer? And the answer, truthfully, was just was just no. Uh, mm-hmm. And it. There is uh, we one of the first things we learned in econ was uh, the sunk cost fallacy. Remember that sunk <laughs> yeah, cost. Yeah. Uh, oh, never, dude. never let a decision be impacted by the cost that you've incurred thus far. Like, don't let like uh, your historical input into something. So you were literally doing the opposite of that for the longest time, and I watched you yeah. say to me constantly, "Yes, I put like five years into this, and you know, if I just if I just get yeah. my letters, and I would always say to you." Okay, then what would happen? I might still get the letters though. We'll see. <laughs> Fuck you and your letters. If you just get the letters, what? And then you're magically going to start liking it, right? You're going to magically want no, to do this? No, but listen, it opens doors. And that was, that to be, to it be honest, doors that was, that you don't want to be in though. Right? Like, that's the point. Well, okay, here's here's the other thing. It gives you credibility. I, 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 I truly it. believe, yes, that, but I, I truly believe that it is ultimately a privilege to, to go out and say, I'm just going to do exactly what I want to do. That's not a reality for a lot of people. Yeah. I, 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 frankly, you know, I, I have that luxury, right? I, I yep. can, I can, I can, I can spend the time, take a big risk. I have that, I have that playing field in front of me. A lot of people don't have that, and I certainly sympathize with that. Which is why, which is why I, if I were to see myself in that position in the future, then I would be, then I would seriously say, okay, maybe I should have reconsidered my, my. Uh, my decisions over the past year to kind of to head yeah trajectory exactly yeah well curious then like do you guys feel that the entrepreneurship route is overrated or underrated because you know you see a lot of posts from say like gary v for example um talking about you know how how incredible an entrepreneurship path is and he encourages everyone to do it uh at the same time you see i'd say the vast majority of people uh not take the entrepreneurial route and so you know what you're seeing today, do you, do you feel like it's overrated or underrated? So I'll tell you, and as witness to a lot of my friends that are doing it and going through the entrepreneurial side as well, you can turn up the volume and cut that out. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I watch a lot of people, uh, what I think is important to a lot of people and, and what I think is important to our generation really growing up is work-life balance, right? And I think a lot of people realize with and what I've realized is with an entrepreneurial background and starting your own business, I always thought I wanted to start my own business. I always said, you know, small scale residential, you know, this is what I want to do and I want to be my own boss. And I want to do all these things. Right. But I realized how quickly that, you know, translates into every area of your life. You can't turn it off. You're always selling. You're always promoting yourself. You're always looking for business opportunities. And it's really difficult to separate your work and your life. Right. Can I, and can I quickly uh, say something in regards to that? Interrupt? Sure. No, this isn't an interruption. This is <laughs> this is adding to your point. So that just goes to kind of to to circle back on what we were saying initially. It needs to be something that you inherently enjoy. Yeah. Because otherwise, you're just not gonna fucking do it, yeah. or you're gonna do it very poorly, uh, yeah. or some mix of the two. So I think at the very least, you work a third of your life, right? 
you work for yeah you sleep a third you work you work a third roughly right but the last the last third though you don't really get to yourself right you have to shower and clean and wash your car and drive to and from work you have to cook I don't shower I don't shower I don't shower just kidding you know you have to do all the responsibilities outside of you know your work so really you only have a couple extra hours to yourself a day right so is it okay to sacrifice those couple extra hours of happiness to do something that you hate for the majority of the day I think not and to do something and and so that that's a really important question is what is what you're good at right you mentioned is you know something that if you were good at it you would have kept doing it right I don't think that necessarily people should just be doing things that they're good at and you know when I decided to walk away from the architecture industry uh, you know, my mom and like, you know, friends, people look at me, they're like, oh, you know, like you can do this. Like, you're so good at this. Like, why would you do Why would you walk? Why wouldn't you want to do this for the rest of your life? And I always say it's not about doing things that, you know, you can do. It's about doing things that you want to do and doing things that are worth doing. And the idea of, you know, switching into teaching for me is, is that's something that's so rewarding that I really just, you know, am, want to do. And at the end of the day, yes, it is work, but uh, that work is going to be so much more rewarding. And uh, the the final point, which was one of the most important, is that work life balance. People work that decide to get uh, go into non entrepreneurs and they work a job. They accept two weeks vacation a year, or maybe three. I could never do that. Working fifty out of fifty two weeks of the year, f- so that someone else can be on vacation and join that. Like the idea of teaching, I get thirteen weeks off a year, right? All that summer, March break, winter break, all that extra time off makes that work-life balance so much more important. So for Mateo, you know, if you're going into being an entrepreneurial and, and, and you know, starting your business, the one huge benefit of that is you get to take a month off if you want, right? You get to take two months off. You get to go travel the world. You get to do whatever you want. You get to live on your own schedule. And that's really, really, really important to, I think, a lot of people. Yeah. Can we just clarify the reason you wanted to go into teaching? It doesn't have anything to do with you having access to the boys gym lockers right that's the primary reason yeah okay just okay. i just wanted to clarify yeah. that also. No, and i've never the... seen this guy in anything other than shorts and flip-flops so <laughs> being a gym teacher would be right up this guy's alley no. exactly tech architectural design tech design is what i'll be teaching but yeah. gym but, would be that'd be a good side, side yeah. on a more serious note though like uh, i hear what you're saying it's it's been interesting though for me having been able to work with so many um ceos and, and business owners um, yes, it's a grind, especially if you're starting from scratch. But I've also, you know, had the privilege of seeing uh, people create phenomenal businesses where now it's Such essentially machine. it's self-running, right? Yeah. It, it's well, it's a well-oiled machine. Um, you're guiding the vision, and you can take a week off here and there uh, for a vacation. Yeah. You escape, right? Um, if you do it right, it, it can be very rewarding. And I think if you're interested in more of the wealth aspect as well uh learning you know linear pay versus exponential pay is probably the most mind-blowing lesson when you really wrap your mind around it right like if you work a normal job you'll always be paid linearly compound interest is the fucking ninth wonder of the world right right? that's right and one thing i've come to learn is like i feel like you'll never be paid what you truly believe you're worth unless you pay yourself that's my take. Huh. Well, it, I, I like mean, it, it's it's. I think it's strictly the nature of a salary versus the nature of equity. Yep. Right. Equ- what equity is is upside potential. It's upside. It's it's the potential that if this works out, all of the not all the surplus, but surplus is 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 heading your way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's um, it's a give and take. It's a give and take. 
Some people want stability. Well, some people don't. But that's just the name of the game. Some people, different people want different things out of life. Yeah, that stability and that security is also. It's really interesting because you know some people that, for example, had kids at a younger age, right? Um, that need that stability in their life, or they don't come from a background where they could fall back to their parents for you know potential financial support. So obviously, this is the the different worlds that people are bred to, uh, you know. Occupy and also like I also think it's something I love and appreciate so much from my mom uh, is that she instilled in me the belief and the shout out shout out mom we love we love a good mom Um, just the belief that I can do you guys good okay that I could seriously do whatever I set my mind to (laughs) (laughs) seriously so that I could seriously do are we done interrupting boys Mateo specifically. So I'll quickly interrupt once more and say that that's the main feedback we've gotten thus far. I've had three people tell me that we interrupt each other too much. Yeah, so we're, so. we're doing our best to not interrupt each other. Yeah. And obviously, I'm telling you, doing so good of a job. Yeah, um, yeah. so my, my mom instilled in me that I truthfully believe that I can do whatever I set my mind to, right? And I think a lot of people, they aren't taught by their parents that it's okay to fail, right? Like they are brought up in, in a culture where failure is not okay and that they shouldn't try to do anything and that they should play the safe route and, and not chase after something that they, you know, want, but take this, it's the easy paying, it's the low hanging fruit, right? right? Don't be don't be striving and going for greatness. But I think that goes to, I feel like the three of us sitting in this room in general, is, you know, uh, Intellect is one, uh, confidence is another, and the ability to deal with people. I truthfully think that you can... Okay, turn up the mic, man. I'm not yelling at this mic anymore. Uh, I truthfully think that there's money in everything. Like, there are people that are making a living off of Pokemon cards, right? Like, if you are passionate about what you're doing, you can make money anywhere and in in any which way, right? So, if being creative that way and and just doing it and and finding something that you love, you're going to be so much happier doing it rather than just chasing a paycheck for whatever job it is right so one thing uh one thing that i've come to realize i don't know bobby if this is something that you'd uh, that you'd echo is if you just go in with brazen confidence like confidence mm-hmm. is a is a weapon man it, like, absolutely like and just and confidence which which kind of translates to resilience i've seen people make stupid money out of stupid things just because in a way, they are stupidly confident. Yes. Take it to you. Make it famous. Well, well, you know, I'm in a role now. You know, a lot of um, uh, one of the many criteria that we use when you're assessing, you know, the strength of a company is you look at whether they have like a competitive moat and how many competitors are there uh, in that particular industry. And if there's many competitors, then you could say that there's really no moat and that okay. it would be a poor yeah. industry. However, one of the most interesting uh, perspectives that I heard on that was. You shouldn't necessarily be asking, you know, if there's an abundance of competition and that's oversaturated. Mm-hmm. You should actually be asking yourself, how good are they? Because if there's a lot of competition, clearly there's a market there. There's product exactly. market fit. Yeah. But really assessing, you know, their skills versus yours, trying to be as objective as you can, yet having the confidence to say, you know what, I think I can serve customers better and yeah. I'm going to do it right. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, better that, that was uh, that was an interesting right. like uh, perspective change for me taking taking economics and seeing oh the reason there's so many competitors is because there's so much money. That's right. So there's yeah. absolutely no reason you can't be just one more guy doing this. Everyone can get their slices. Yeah, yeah. yeah everybody uh, you know to someone who doesn't have the perspective that that you know yeah. we we might have it can seem intimidating, but everybody's just everybody's just kind of 
Just another another guy on the street. Sorry, just, uh, just also, also that's something I totally forgot to mention. Uh, window cleaning is another prime example of there is money in yeah. everything, right? Like a hundred percent. Even if and, it and, seems and like an oversaturated about, market, right? We, we like, briefly we briefly spoke about like uh, like making money in absolutely anything. Um, it's just funny when you can tell someone, you know, you operate in such a trivial sounding space. But they don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Oh my god! Right? You could have you, know, you could have made a movie out of what happened. That well, uh, or just yeah, like even it's 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 kind of mind blowing. There's this other there's this other side of the coin where you know we we all grew up surrounded by kids that uh, either were going to university or we were then in university and surrounded by university kids. And what does a university kid want? He just wants a corporate like white collar yep. job. But it's it is absurd how much is out there that doesn't require that degree that is right off the bat with no education so much more appealing than what you went to yeah. school for and I'd love to ask you guys your perspective I'm assuming both of you want to have kids one day of course so. um, what's going to be your response when your kid inevitably asks you know should I go to college should I go to university so, what's your perspective I'll answer that um, I always said that I firstly like I would not have went to university unless I knew exactly what I wanted to do. And I was mm. someone who, when I was seven years old, said I wanted to be an architect, and that's something that I you know, went after right from the get-go. So I knew and I learned that to be an architect, I had to be licensed. I, to get my license, I have to go to university. I have to do these things, right? So, And it was such a specific thing that when I went to school, what I was learning, like when people were in first year, they were telling, oh, I'm learning astronomy or I'm learning you know, uh, philosophy of something. And I'm like, okay, I'm learning like building code, uh, structures analysis, right? Like I was learning such specific uh, things to my program and, and it was giving me the knowledge uh, to actually go ahead and do that job in the future, right? I think so many people go and get universities degrees that don't actually prepare you for the workforce whatsoever, right? Like I could list off a, a ton of, we talked about this last podcast, a ton of university degrees that are basically account for nothing and are, and are common sense and you can pass with common sense, right? But, and that's why I always said if I didn't yeah, know what... Like a, like a well-spoken cashier once you come well, out. I was, yeah. to, <laughs> I was about to say, they can hold a damn good conversation when they're making your latte. You're damn, you're, you're damn right. So, <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, so I, I watched a lot of, what I said to a lot of people is that if I didn't know what I wanted to do, I would have went into the trades. Like if it was just about money, yeah. the trade school, going into college, it's only two years, you know, the apprenticeship program, it's only two years, uh, you go and be a plumber, right? Like the baby boomers, they're starting to retire now, right? Like I have a friend's dad who uh, has a multi-million dollar business now, like they're doing very well, the mom doesn't work, and he was literally a plumber, right? Like he just created his empire and, and people came after him and there's a huge need for it coming you know up these days that it's definitely where i would have went so for people that just go into university undeclared and and just are just are for the sake of getting a degree and don't know what they want to do it's not worth the debt it's not worth the money it, it's seriously it's not worth the risk and that's what it is people don't think of going to university as a risk they think it's something they need to do but no it, it is a risk because you yeah know, and, and if anybody's listening and hearing that and like kind of puts up like uh puts up a shield right away it's not coming from a point of criticism. It's like genuine, like genuine belief. Like I, yeah. like if if I were in that position and then came out with a degree that didn't have like a practical skill, but it wasn't something that I knew I wanted to do. It's something you want to seriously consider. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. you know, 
and I, I'm the perfect person to talk about this because I'm going into the education system, right? And I've spoken to teachers in high school that have said that it's horrible that all high school is is a funnel to university, right? We're not actually supposed to teach them anything or actual lessons that they would learn in life. It's just let's get this kid a high enough grade so that he can get into school because gone are the days where you get a university degree and that gets you a job, right? Like our parents, they were able to get a university degree one of them was able to go into the workforce and that was enough money to pay for kids, a mortgage, you know, groceries. That's just literally not the case anymore. And what we've done is we've moved the baseline up now where everyone needs a college or a university degree to be, you know, even administered for an interview in the first place. Yeah. That's lunacy. We're just delaying it by four years and putting everyone into more debt. It makes no f sense. Yeah. No, for real. Yeah, totally agree. There's another, there's another thing I wanted to talk about that I... Uh... That I kind of forgot in the process. <laughs> what? Um, oh, uh, your question about whether or not I would send my kids to university. That's a great question. So similar to what Noah said, it's like if you are genuinely passionate about something and it requires a designation that is, a, that is achieved through a university degree or it like requires a university degree, then absolutely. Yeah. But in my exact predicament where I was leaving high school even though even if I'd never used my degree coming out of school I still would have gone strictly because I lived deep in the suburbs and didn't have a lot of friends or life experience so up to that point yeah. yes yeah. because like you need to throw yourself in new situations to find out who you really are uh, like every single year or anytime I take on a new task that like required a ton of different responsibilities what ends up happening is you see a different side of yourself that you didn't know existed. Um, you, you see a different side of yourself that you didn't know existed. And you learn more about yourself. You learn more about your, your own vulnerabilities, your strengths, um, just kind of who you are as a person. And in that experience, you learn what you don't like more than what you do like. So the way I always see things, it's in my life, I, it's not like I have these big aspirations and specific goals that I want to achieve. It's what do I not want? What what am I what am I what am I hiding from? You're still figuring I can tell out. you three things when I was at the lowest point in my life, the three things that I came out with. I said, I don't want to be stupid, I don't want to be unhealthy. I want to wear a diaper. And I yeah, and I uh I don't want to be um lonely. Huh. Right? Wow. It wasn't it wasn't things that I was like, oh I, I, I absolutely want this. It was like I know what I I might not know exactly what I like, so let me start with the reverse. What 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 do I not it's a good like? way to look what, at it. what do I not want? So for anyone who might be in a position where they don't know what they do want, figure out start what you with start want. with what you don't, because that you're gonna find a lot more answers there. Yeah. And so kind of just to, to dig into what you were saying before a bit more, like you know, you're saying that, you know, because you grew up in the suburbs and you didn't know what you wanted and you were gonna use, you know, school essentially to, to find out more about yourself. Well, like, because you, I went to like a I, I, he went, I went to an to, all boys school and well, no, 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 the all boys school doesn't doesn't matter. It's yes, the it fact does. that you I, didn't that see I was... a girl until first year, right? <laughs> look, look, my, my you my... needed life experience, okay? You didn't want to be lonely because you didn't have a, a no, no. A girl the, in high the point the point is that I didn't have uh, much independence, much responsibility, mm. um, and I wasn't just like yeah, I just wasn't independent, or I wasn't like I wasn't uncomfortable for a long period of time up until then. Do you think there's a cheaper proxy that's to learn more exactly, about yourself? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a like, great question. Like, for example, let me tell you, like you have great traveled question. alone. 
Yes. Like, would you say that's comparable to then, you know, going to yeah, uh, well, yeah, the program? It, it, and yeah, that's a great question because, it's, of, because yeah. it's not ultimately about university. It's about kind of throwing yourselves, yourself in these different situations. So That would be a beautiful thing that people did instead of going to school was everyone had to go take travel a year for off a year? and go travel by themselves. That would be, oh my God. Think about how much more well-rounded people would be coming out of that, right? Yeah. Well, well, okay, here's, there's, there's a lot that, and like, and you know, a lot of people like to shit on school when they're, when they're talking about these things, like, oh, I didn't learn anything practical, but like, okay, coming out of university, I'm much more well-read, I'm much more well-spoken. Um, but you could have achieved think, that without the school, that's the point, right? Like, if you really degree, put your mind to it, with the amount of technology access to information that we have now, you can yes. literally get a university degree for free. yes. But I wouldn't have read the same things that I did. I would have been forced to read the same things that I did. Like, sure. Like, if for example, let's just say someone someone leaves high school, they don't want to pursue a further education, and they just go. Let's say they start their own business. They could be. They could have great business. I know very smart and successful people who can't spell. <laughs> yeah. I know very smart and successful people who can't read a room. Ooh, right. Ooh, that's there, a there's good... a, there's a lot of there's a lot of, there's there's a dance there that that you learn just like going through academic so like yeah so academia. two so two bobby's questions but is is that is that your objective right that's okay you know, so two it's, bobby's it's not, questions. It's not, it's not it's not a right or wrong answer i think is there a way that we can create those kind of opportunities for people to go through the learning process of figuring out who they are and learning all those soft skills that are so important that doesn't involve going forty thousand plus dollars and think about this we live in canada right we are so so subsidized yeah. and so cheap in general the state's $80,000 a year for tuition, right? Like that's literally insane to think that they're going hundreds of thousands of dollars into debt and well, thank God we have OSAP, we have everything. There's also, you know, school isn't as much of a reality for everyone. Basically in Ontario, if you want to go to university, you can find a way to do it, right? Like yeah. I, I, you know, found out that there, there are people that I, I know whose parents, you know, don't make that much money that were getting 14 grand a year from OSAP uh, seven of which they had to pay back, seven of which they literally got to keep outright. I'm like, that covers tuition, for, and and more, right? Like and rent and and everything, right? Like it is very possible for you to make school a reality. But does school have to be a reality? Is that something that people should have to go through? I don't know, listeners. What do you uh, what do you think? Uh, leave leave a comment below. Yeah, no, that's that's one thing we do. Gotta, we we should do more often as uh, as a pod is just uh, open up engagement uh, channels for the uh, for the viewers. Yeah. Well, we'll do a little. We'll start doing like polls. Yeah, like start as we put up a post like, oh, what do you want us to talk about next episode?" You know, sure. Yeah. Shit like that. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll crowdsource it. Yeah. Yeah. Bobby, I wanted to ask you. <laughs> Bobby, I wanted to ask you, is there uh is there any other parts of your uh your career thus far that you wanted to touch on anything that you felt uh was there anything that came to mind when you said, "I want to come on this podcast that you wanted to say that you might not have had Speak said now yet. or forever hold, hold your peace. peace." Yeah, I mean, look, I I think I had a really unique experience like going into IB straight out of school to the point where you get exposed to some fascinating individuals and by fascinating I mean very wealthy individuals and people that uh, others often look up to and define as uh, what what defines success right and uh, the reason I'm, I'm so lucky to have experienced you know meeting those people and being in that culture from the start is that I'm no longer sort of like chasing that definition of success, mm. right? And, and the reason I don't is because um, I was given, you know, really great advice from from one of my mentors there, and he had said, uh, you know, you, you shouldn't celebrate false gods. Mm. And, and what he what he meant by that was, you know, 
look at the people above you and if you have no intentions of wanting to emulate their lifestyle or who they are as a person then you should find something else to do mm. right yeah and when i looked above me what i saw were people online 24 7 i saw people who had um oftentimes uh, broken relationships at home uh, i saw people who were aggressive um, it was miserable. It, it certainly yeah miserable miserable, <laughs> miserable. And, and it certainly wasn't and I found myself becoming miserable yeah. uh, I found myself uh, it was very unhealthy I found myself getting a lot of weight um, I was having you know heart palpitations um, nosebleeds um, shitting blood oh the stress and it, it wasn't sustainable and so from like the, the physical side and the emotional side, it wasn't someone I wanted to be. Yeah. Um, and Dude, so, so that's luckily, a, that, that's a that's a difficult process that you must have had to went through to to be honest with yourself enough to realize that this isn't what I wanted to be or, or you know who I envisioned myself. Right. Yeah. Well, to be honest, I I didn't really feel it so much as difficult. I I, I considered myself lucky because I could have been chasing this path for, for years yeah. and years but without ever getting exposure to these types of people that again that we define as successful i would have been chasing that my whole life i'm so lucky that you know you i was exposed to that from the beginning early, yeah. Yeah. um that i was then able to to switch paths and uh, i never found it difficult i i just considered myself lucky and just really grateful nice so man yeah. so i don't know if you can speak to this that you know i i know millionaires that hate their wives and hate their families and hate their kids and you know are filled with regret and something that i i know you know in life life is the pursuit of happiness right we're all trying to be able to look back at our deathbeds and and you know be as happy as possible and you know have touched as many people and made as many memories as possible or at least just don't have regrets yeah but so the way that i i kind of see life now is in terms of happiness as a currency right it's so easy to think in terms of success to compare it to dollars and cents because it's a tangible number that you can say okay this person has more thus he must be happier right so where do you how do you define happiness as a currency and and you know i i always ask the people who are the happiest what are they doing in their lives that make them the happiest right i know people that give to charity right people that, that give back i actually know a lot of people who are religious right and and have that aspect of their their side of you know their belief in god and and brings them happiness in their own way right yeah. so yeah i think it's really interesting to see that although multi-millionaires and people that you've been surrounded with but miserable as a as a base emotion yeah. Now, now, I'll make the caveat that the vast majority were that way. However, there were some sick bastards that absolutely they loved, loved it. it. They get off. Yeah. They yeah. loved it. And you know what? I, I think, you know, to your point, uh, I think it's complicated. I think it's, I think happiness can't be defined uh, in a formulaic sense because I think it's so individual to everyone. Yeah, it's not, it's not, a, it's not a universal um, thing. I, what. What gets you off is a lot different from what gets me off, basically. Um, well, that goes I back do not to want to dig into your history. But yeah. <laughs> that, that goes back to people's morals, right? Like yeah. what, they, what they grew up believing would bring them happiness and fulfillment. Or right? morals or just like, yeah, what, uh, what's important to them. What, what's important to you? Yeah, your values, right? Yeah. I actually had a, another question that's, that's adjacent to this one. So, we're, you know, we're talking right now about what, what defines happiness. And we say it's very, very individual. But um, why, why pursue wealth? Now, a lot of people say money money buys happiness. Or a lot of people say money doesn't buy happiness, which I think as a statement alone is true. Mm-hmm. But I think it's uh, 
I think it's uh, money can facilitate happiness. That's for mm, sure. It can not, facilitate not even moments. that. Not even that. I think I think the correct way to say it is that what money gives you is options. What yeah. wealth gives you is options, and what you want in life is options. Because if you're Freedom. forced to do Freedom. something, even right. if it's something you like, if you feel trapped, you don't want to be trapped. Like right. it, yeah. general, generally speaking, even if it's something that that you don't want to do, if you can't get yourself out of it. You start feeling claustrophobic. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. And look, I, I think I think people often use the wrong term. You know, they want to become wealthy. No, you want to be free. Exactly. It just so happens that money is the engine. exactly yeah. like oftentimes if you're living free, um, and, and and truly happy, that often means that you have you know some sort of financial stability. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, that's in terms of our Western society, right? Like you look at Eastern society and you look at like Tibetan monks, right? Like maybe they're the happiest right like who who knows like i think that it's really interesting to see the kind of world that we get caught up in that we worry about and the the stressors and the things that make us not free are all driven towards money because this is the capitalist society that we live in right we have mortgages we have all these things we have debt we have all these things that say hey money is the answer to solve a lot of these problems that we've created they're problems that we've created for ourselves and they're the problems that are arise in the capitalist society but are those problems, would they be, you know, would you be less worried if you lived on the other way, right? But they always say... Probably. The grass is always greener, right? No. It's, it's hard to know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a... Answering that question, like, opens up a whole a whole can of worms, you know what I mean? That's a, that's a, that's a lot to talk about. But the, I think the point is, it's not about money, it's about options, yeah. right? Well, wealth is options. Wealth is, wealth is options because if you're wealthy... Or if you have equity in your business, right? Going back to what we were saying yep. earlier, maybe you don't. Want, maybe it is. A, maybe maybe you wanted to work on the weekend, but you get. But you know, you wake up on Tuesday and you're like, I just want to go to the cottage. Yeah. I just want to. Yeah. I want to be in the sun today. Well, if you volunteer, like you could always do what you want to do. For most cases, you can do what you want to do in life. If you had a ton, say you had a billion dollars in the bank, you could do it for free, right? You could offer your services for free, and that way you could take the Tuesday off, you could take the Wednesday off, because they're not complaining about if you're volunteering the fact that you're not there on Wednesday, right? No, but like, okay, but if you have a billion dollars in the bank, you're not, you don't have to impress anyone. You're not at a job. You're not, you're not on a, you're not on a chopping no, block it, that's gonna, it, so that's gonna, look, that's gonna stop you from uh, defaulting on your mortgage, I'll, right? I'll tell you, there was a time, you know, this past year where I was, you know, unemployed and, and I was, you know, receiving government money and. and and uh, you know, income replacement benefits I told you about. So I was receiving the money, but I was doing nothing. And I felt miserable. I felt useless. And this is when I realized, I was like, holy shit. I don't, people you know, are, are looking to try and retire now, right? Like they wanna save, get up all this money and then retire. Okay, and then what? You're gonna be so fucking bored, right? Like, yes, there's you know, things and trips and things to see the world. Okay, how long would it take you to see the world? A couple of years of traveling, maybe five. Okay, and then what, right? Like you, I, for me, like I wanna do something every day and wake up with a purpose and yeah, and, and for me, that, that's what it's giving back, right? Like, and I think if you had a billion dollars in the bank and you didn't do anything with your day-to-day -day basis, you'd be so incredibly bored and so trapped in your own way, right? Yeah, I'd say that's also case to case, uh, case by case too, right? Like, there's a lot of successful people out there that are miserable, but there's a lot of successful people out there that are very happy with themselves. That because they have they have cultivated hobbies and relationships that can that can sustain their like desires. Well, for me, right? For like, me. I met a couple in. I was eating breakfast in Croatia when I did a when I did a, a big trip a couple years ago, and. Uh, 
this guy was like a professional cheerleader who then started a, a massive hotel chain or something like that. And he retired very early. These guys looked young, ah. young for the and young for their age too. Like they, like they, they are athletes because they like, give me an A, give me a T. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this guy's got a pretty, pretty uh, diverse background behind him. And now you know what they do? They travel the world, and they do long distance swimming together. They'll swim like kilometers on kilometers hours on hours but that's just what they do that's that's so i think that's really cool and yeah. what i want to say was for me it's the idea of it's something to be challenging right like i think yeah, there yeah, needs yeah, to be totally. a level of yes we want to be comfortable and we want to do things that are easy right like but challenging or like, or like a be, or like a pursuit of some sort. yeah like yeah. There, there needs to be something that is difficult about it that you feel accomplished when completing it yeah right yeah that, that's why my goal when i retire is just to get hammered every day and build lego oh <laughs> yeah. build lego that, I, I, I'm not kidding. I, I that dude that would be rewarding if you if you built if you built Lego every day and that's something that you can you know be aspiring to do every day. It's uh, very satisfying, dude. Yeah. I built 3D models and, and you know physical models in school. I fucking yeah, love that. Like you just build like a it's rocket so ship satisfying. that like sort of looks dude, like a cock. You know it's so, what I mean? yeah. <laughs> it's a banana, but you know not really. Yeah. Uh, any closing remarks? I just uh, want to say thank you all for having me on the pods uh you know i hope the guests he just spanked my bum by the way um <clears throat> i hope the guests really uh, really enjoyed uh, the chat today and looking forward to getting a little more interaction yeah. yeah we'll put bobby's phone number and contact information in the description so if you want to reach out to him maybe cancel him for uh yeah for anything just, that was just, just please <laughs> just please put your pants back on bobby all right yeah cool. please please guys it was a pleasure uh thank you so much for uh coming by this week looking forward to next week and as always we don't. We don't actually have a. And as always, and, 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 and as always, be, be great. Be enjoy. Kind, enjoy uh, your snacks and uh, <laughs> eat your facts. Eat your snacks and enjoy eat your facts, facts and eat your snacks. Yeah. yeah. Cheers. Woohoo.